0: Episode 104, shorten your work week. Welcome to Gratitude Geek, the relationship marketing podcast from micropreneurs. I'm your host, Candice Rodardi, and this week I'm joined by Ashelle Freesky. Ashal helps mission-led coaches become more productive so they can work less and live more. He's passionate about helping parentpreneurs create space and enjoy the, their families while growing their business. He's the founder of DoubleYourTimeOff.com. Thanks for joining us from Winnipeg, Manitoba. I love Canadians. So, tell <laughs> us your tell us your unique story, Michelle
1: Yeah. So, my story really started. Um, well, i I used to be like such a procrastinator. I was that guy who would, you know, stay up all night in college <laughs> working on an assignment and then handing handing it in like minutes before the deadline. And that was a pattern in my life. For many years, I just couldn't get myself to do what I wanted to do. Like my like my own behavior was out of my control. And I, I thought maybe I was just a lazy person or that was just like who I was. And then fast forward some time, we had our first daughter, Ocean. And when she was born, I was working a nine to five job and I would just be gone all day. And I wouldn't see her like maybe a few hours before she went to bed. And I really felt like I was missing out on her childhood. And that's what sparked me to become an entrepreneur and to have flexibility in my schedule. And simultaneously, I also, being a new parent, had no time to myself. And that was new to me. And it was building up frustration and actually, resentment for my family, which is which was really sad, and I knew something had to change. So I I picked up a book in the library about how to be a father or something, and I just flipped it open and said something like, "Fathers need a morning routine," and I was like, "You're right. I'm gonna do that." Um, but I knew that I I had a difficult time following through, and I had already tried you know, doing workouts and whatnot. So I started studying uh, habit change and neuroscience and behavior change. And I, you know, started implementing that, started getting up before my daughter and my wife woke up. And progressively I started to build this routine. And then to a point where I started actually having friends like asking me, like, what are you doing? Like, how are you so disciplined? Um, and I, that was total shocker for me. I never would have thought of myself as someone who was disciplined. And I actually started to build a reputation in in the community as like the go-to person for habits and behavior change. And so I was like, okay, I, I guess I know something because clearly people are seeing something in me. So I started putting on workshops and, and programs on, on goal setting and habit change. And then I, you know, being an entrepreneur, I was, I, like I was working seven hour or seven days a week and long hours, and I was like not seeing my family, which was kind of the intention and uh <laughs> and then i um so i I was like okay well i I know behavior change like let's implement this into my business and I started tweaking things and setting up systems and and setting up work pro- processes and you know, one day I, I noticed, like, wow, I spent the whole day today completely focused, undistracted on my most important priorities. And that wasn't even unusual. It, just looking back, I'm like, oh, that's actually how most days are now. And that was just such a contrast from where I was before, where I would procrastinate, I would get distracted, go down rabbit holes. And it really ended up totally shifting, like, not only how others saw me, but then my own sense of self and, and then now seeing myself as someone who's um, effective and capable of, of um, accomplishing what I set out to do. And, and really, it's, it sparked in me the mission to help others to shorten their work week and create a lifestyle that really works for them and their family. Because what is business if it's not serving our, our life? and and those we love
0: that's basically what sales means to sell means to serve so Mm. if you're if you're in a sales position you should be serving someone um Mm. or Mm
1: -hmm. uh
0: so i there's two things that i really want to dig into and the first one is the your your term parentpreneurship because that is a term that I've been since my child was born, a parentpreneur, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever heard that term or read that term in print before. So tell me the backstory on that.
1: Yeah, well, it's really rooted in, in the story I just told you, which is that I love being with my kids. I Absolutely. I now have a one and a half year old son, I just love playing with him. And, and I also love entrepreneurship. And I absolutely love um, creating my own reality. That's like the core of it is I want to be the the architect of my life. And and for me, what I'm architecting is optimizing for relationships, because that's to me where a lot of fulfillment in life comes from. So I guess that's kind of where the parentpreneur blend together.
0: So when my daughter was born my husband and i had a my my husband's a a world-class custom furniture maker and we had a a a shop and i had a little office at the shop and when our when our daughter was born we'd bring her to work and by the time she got to be about walking so about 18 months we realized that it just wasn't working with her at the shop with us so i brought my office home and i just we i figured out how to be a mom and work, you know, own a business at the same time. Um, that was 23 years ago. So, so you know, uh, but yeah, you, you sort of figure out, you, you sort of figure it out, but the thing that you're, that you do that I don't do very well, which is one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you is this whole concept of time blocking. So because I, I don't do it well. And because it's like a completely foreign topic to me, I want you to talk to me like I'm a baby. And explain to me what time blocking is and how to implement it.
1: So at its core, time blocking really is just scheduling in advance the activities that you're going to do. Now, more importantly, it's scheduling the essential activities that need to be done in your business so that they actually do get done. That at its core is what it is. It, there's some nuances that can make it very effective, Um, But really, that's that's the crux of it.
0: So what are those nuances?
1: Yeah. So basically, I break it down to a three part category or three part framework. Um, First is identifying my life categories, because, again, I'm I'm architecting my life, not just focusing on business. So scheduling in my three main categories of my life and then scheduling my week and then scheduling my days. So when it comes to life categories, I like to break it down into the three components, the three categories of health and self, family and relationships, and then service and work. So in that first category, health and self, I break that down into sleep, movement, and then uh, fun and growth. So for me, that is in the mornings. I have... A chunk of time that is my health and self time that's my like sacred self time and when I'm looking at planning my my week creating time blocks for my week the first thing I actually schedule in is my sleep because that is the foundation of all productivity well, it's it's one of the most important foundations in physical health and, and, and energy. And energy is one of the most important foundations to productivity. And it's highly overlooked. There's this hustle and grind mentality. You know, work long hours, do whatever it takes. And this is, it's, it's actually killing people. There's a term in Japan, kuroshi, which means death from overwork. And so I think this hustle and grind... Um, myth needs to go away um, it's it's not only destroying our health but it's actually also just destroying our productivity because when I have slept well and I'm at my peak state of energy I want to be working at my at my max mental clarity because why why spend 14 hours in a day working when I'm getting virtually nothing done I'd rather spend 3 hours in a day and get just as much done as I would in 8 you know i think that
0: the the folks listening to this podcast don't relate to that overworking concept at all because Mm. they're all about owning their own business and doing their own thing and most of us just want our time they want we want our time Mm. freedom Uh, and Mm -hmm. being able to block time the way that you do is one of the ways that you do that um i'm really interested in this thing with your blocking your sleep time though i've never heard of anybody who did that So how much time do you give yourself? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so I want to make sure I get at least eight hours of sleep. The research shows virtually all humans, there's a very small fraction that can make do with less than seven. Um, But that is an anomaly. Those who think that they need less sleep in the studies, turns out that they are just actually adapted. They think they've adapted, but they're actually less effective. So all that to say, I want to at least eight hours of sleep. I have young kids in the bed with us. It takes time for us to get to sleep and fall asleep. I wake up in the night with them. So I give myself a nine-hour chunk on a schedule. So if I'm getting up at six, um, then I'm working my way backwards. And so that's like, what, nine? (laughs) Nine. So that is... in. Like, I don't actually have it in my calendar. It's just a habit. Um, But it's it's scheduled in my mind. And I actually do have reminders on my phone to, like, get ready for bed. And so I start with that. This is when I'm going to wake up. This is when I'm going to go to sleep. And then from that, I can build my morning and evening rituals that are bookended. Because my evenings are for my health or, or for my family and relationships. And my mornings are for myself. So once I know what time I get up, then I can build into the morning, my, my self time. And when I know when I'm going to bed, I can build my evening ritual. And so I'm kind of working my way on from both ends in the day. And then in conjunction with that, then I'm also deciding on what are my work hours for my, the third category, which is service and work. And so I I set before I I would just, you know, squeeze working whenever I could, but now Um, I, it's essential for me to have set work hours and otherwise, I mean, I can't even (laughs) time block my week. So
0: I love that three main categories. I love that you place a priority of yourself and your family first, and then the business comes as, as your third and that you bookend it with, with, you know, loving on yourself and loving on your family. And I have to tell you that family bed thing, man, I miss it. You know my kid's 23 now so family bed hasn't been around for years decades (laughs) but i think that um and this is a completely off-topic subject and there's probably going to be some hate mail for this but you know i it's a lifestyle that millions of people around the world practice and americans don't you're canadian um but i really think that it's better better for your kid you know that whole sleeping arrangement with the family bed i would i just i feel like it was a really special time in my child's life and mm-hmm. you know nothing beats morning cuddles <laughs> you
1: know? yeah
0: so yeah I we could go off- on
1: a whole tangent there about you know <laughs> attachment theory and having securely attached children mm-hmm. um yeah i when we had our daughter we were like okay i guess the conventional thing is we get a crib but that was it just felt so wrong like our parental intuition was like no she has to be in the bed with us like this is crazy yeah
0: yeah that it, it that could be a completely different conversation and you know <laughs> <Totally>. I, <laughs> but i i'm i'm a huge fan of the the family bed and and just it was just it just made life easier and it was there wasn't anything better in the world than waking up with a toddler snuggled into you it was just the best mm. thing um mm-hmm. Okay, so people are going to ask for specifics. What does your calendar look like? So yeah. what kind of calendar do you use and what does it look like? Do you use color coding? I mean, because they people like the specifics and they get, yeah. they get analysis paralysis trying to figure out how to make that system work for them. So what does your calendar look like
1: physically? Yeah, great question. Great question. So what I just went through of the three phases, that was the first phase, which is my life categories. So then now phases two and three, that's where we get into the, into the specifics. Um, so phase two is weekly time blocking. So looking at my week and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question about the color coding. I'm just going to go in, in, in the sequence. So there's three, three, main elements that I'm thinking about when I'm planning my week and so if you think of a Venn diagram at the top you have planning and then you have maker time and then you have manager time so I want to make sure I have time in my week to plan my week and then also time at the end of every day to plan the next day because I highly believe in intentional work and working off of a plan And then maker time is basically high-value work. It's things that require deep work, longer blocks of time. These are your most important business activities to really move the needle. And the manager time is the administrative tasks like delegating meetings, uh, communications, any activity that supports the high-value work. That's also going to be required. Um, And so I like to think of... My, as much as possible, I like to theme my days. So you know, depending on what your maybe marketing strategy is and the different requirements of your business, maybe you have a day for content creation or maybe you have a day for client work, uh, maybe you have a day for meetings and trying to keep them together, batching these uh, activities so that you can enter a mode, a mental mode for the day. And so that's like on a little bit more high level and so I'm wanting to front load my weeks with the most important activities. So like my marketing activities are going to go on, on my, my Monday is just all my marketing is on a Monday. And then, and then I'm also front loading my days with the most important activities for the day. So that's on a week level. Then, then now we get to the third phase, which is daily time blocking. And so I use Google Calendar. And in my calendar, I have, you can set re- recurring, recurring events. And so recurring events I have every day, I have my days book- bookmarked by the beginning of the day. I have a power up ritual. And at the end of the day, I have a power down ritual. And that's probably beyond the scope of today's conversation, but it's basically a series of tasks that I perform the same way every time there, are you know, things that I just have to do to get started with the day. But the fact that it's a ritual that I do the same thing, the every, every day I do it the same way, it, it's wiring my brain. The more I do it, the more it becomes automatic that once I'm done that ritual, I'm in work mode. Once I'm done my power down ritual, I am out of work mode. And so I'm not only done working physically, I'm also done psychologically. And so that I can transition to family time and I can be present. And there are some things I do in my power down ritual that allow me to not have to think about work. Like any loose ends that have to be tied up, I write them down and make sure that there's a plan to, for them to be addressed. Things like that. So that that is recurring every day of the week in my calendar. And that's you know the first thing that's that I think about when I'm planning my day. It's already there. Um, but if I were doing it fresh, that's what I would start with. Then I'm thinking about energy renewal, because, like we said earlier, energy is our most most valuable resource for productivity. You know, people say like time's our most valuable resource, and yes, it is valuable, but time without energy is meaningless. You can't accomplish anything or 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 do or have any sense of of Fulfillment and joy in your life if, you have, if you're depleted of energy So when I'm working, I want to make sure that I have Scheduled into my calendar Spots for energy renewal So, um, you know You kind of have to figure out what works for you personally um, Two ways that you can think about it There's a conventional like One hour lunch break um, But you can try something also like a 30 minute break After 90 minutes of work take a 30-minute break, and then 90 minutes of work, 30-minute break. And those are scheduled into my calendar. Um, And then beyond that, I also have mini breaks that, like, you know, Pomodoro you may have heard of, where you work for 25 minutes and you take a five-minute break. So I don't necessarily adhere strictly to 25 minutes and five minutes, but I do set a timer on my my computer. I'm going to work for the next 45 minutes or 30 minutes or 25 minutes, and then I'm going to take a break um also beyond the scope of this um i have clear goals for what i'm going to accomplish in that block of time so that's the second step first step uh, i have power up rituals power down rituals second step is i have energy renewal blocks or breaks in my calendar and then third is i'm scheduling uh, high value work so again this is my my most important business activities And I try to schedule these earlier in the day and that's when I have the most like my decision making battery is full and then it gets depleted over over the course of the day. So I want to have the most cognitive intensive important tasks at the beginning of the day when I have a full battery and then then I'm scheduling lower value work towards the end of the day. Of course you know there's the realities of life maybe you have meetings that you can't move you can't put them all in the one meetings block day um but that's the general guidelines I try to follow and then in terms of color coding um, I keep it really quite simple I have red for scheduled meetings for like example this podcast interview with you was scheduled in red um and then everything else is just gray so Just things that are like with other people are red and then and then I just everything else is the same color.
0: Interesting. So you're a two color kind of person. (laughs) It's all or nothing. (laughs) I do. I do want to talk about the power up and power down rituals. I would like to dig into that just a little bit. You don't have to share everything and all your secrets, but um, I think that that's an important part of this time blocking is the transitions. So if you just want a high-level overview of what those two rituals look like.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the one that I started with before I did my power-up ritual with my power-down ritual. And so practically, in terms of creating a habit out of this, I would say the most important piece of my power-down ritual is planning my next day. And even planning your next day, if you're not used to planning your days in advance, even that can maybe seem like a challenge or not a challenge, but when it comes to creating habits, you want to create the habit as small as possible. So if, if I were to you know, make a suggestion for someone wanting to create a power down ritual, just write down your number one most important thing to get done tomorrow on a sticky note at the end of your day. And that's your power down ritual to start. And then you can build from there. Once that is ingrained as a habit that you know you're not going to not do it, and you're going to see the value of it because you're going to have a little bit more intentionality the next day. And so you're going to want to be, well, what else can I do to power down my day? And so I actually got this from Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. And there's the idea of open loops and closed loops. I'm not going to go too much into what those are, but essentially an open loop is when something is unresolved, your brain continues to think about it. And so when it comes to work, if you are not sure how you're going to accomplish certain things or you are not organized in terms of like what meetings you have, when and what you have to prepare for. And it's just all these things bouncing around in your head, then you're not going to be present with your family when you're done work so in the power down ritual another thing that you can implement is uh, a brain dump of what are nagging tasks that are or nagging thoughts that are just like bouncing around in my head and just write them down you can do it on paper you can do it in some kind of a system like notion that I use and even just writing it down is gonna help um, and then from that point on once you've written it down externalize the thinking onto paper then you can see what do I need to do with these Are these, is this actually something that I, that I need to get done or need to schedule? Or is it just something that was bouncing in my head and I can just let it go now that I've written it down?
0: What do you, what's your suggestion for people who, whose schedule has to, you know, other people dictate? Like, okay, we'll just use me for example. It's all about me, right? It's my show. We talk about me. So um, (laughs) my schedule is dictated by when people book appointments with me. So I have networking partners that are scheduling one-to-one networking, you know, talk conversations with me. And I have clients who are scheduling, um, uh, coaching sessions with me. And then I have podcast guests who are scheduling interviews with me. So they have, mm-hmm. they have a hundred percent control over when they put themselves on my calendar. Of course I have my calendar, the times that they can schedule with me are set. You know, I don't do anything before 10 AM and I don't do anything after 5 PM. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm. the the time of day is is I dictate when they can schedule, but they get to dictate what time they want to have that conversation with me. So, what are your suggestions for people mm-hmm. who have that scenario going on on their calendar? How do you work around that?
1: Yeah, so like you said, you dictate what slots are available, and you know this might seem scary at first, but you can start narrowing down what blocks are available. Um, and then you'll see, you know, what's, what's the response. But as you narrow down, like, ideally you get client work to one day or, I don't know, podcast interviews to one day. Maybe that's not going to happen, com- you know, completely have one day per, f- per thing. Um, but you can start working towards that and just, you know, maybe let's just cut out Friday or whatever. Let's cut out Monday for no, no bookings whatsoever on Mondays. That could be a first step. And then you just kind of see what happens, and then maybe you want to notch a little something else off. And and I don't know if you have different calendars, but you can set depending on how you have it set up. You can have different uh, date, different availability, different availability for different um, things that you book. If you have clients that are booking or podcast interviews, and so you can also, um, you know, try to keep the same type of meetings together. Does that make sense?
0: That does make sense. And that's a great idea. I also want to address the the Google Calendar. I love Google Calendar. I have my tasks set up, you know, my my daily tasks that my little the reminders that pop up. And one of the things that I do, I, I again, I, I don't time block per se, but obviously I do do some of these things because as you're talking, I'm going, oh, I do that. Um, but So I look at my calendar the next day and I have one of my non-negotiables, you know, my I call them my non-negotiables. My daily tasks are stand up and squat. That's one of my daily tasks. Well, if Mm. I'm looking at tomorrow's calendar and I see that stand up and squat is in the middle of a podcast interview, I just move it to a different time. So that I do schedule my tomorrow. I schedule tomorrow today. Like I make sure tomorrow that my stand up and squat time is there when I need, you know, when I need it to be there.
1: And I think what you're doing is is great. You're starting with like, what is my non-negotiable? And that's how we should start by implementing any kind of time blocking is what is my number one most important thing? And in terms of like overarching, you know, this is something that I go into in the 90 day planner that I'm going to give your audience um, kind of walks you through it, but just to You know give you an idea is like okay in the next 90 days what is the most important business outcome that i want to achieve and then from there you can work backwards and you can see what are the behaviors that if done consistently will lead to that outcome because you know too many people set goals but goals are outside of your zone of control so you you have to take back a step and see what what are the behaviors that are going to lead to that goal and optimize for those behaviors and so once you have a 90-day outcome then you can say okay what are the le- you know the, the least amount of behaviors that i can do if there's one behavior that'll get me there if, I, if done consistently perfect if there's two or three okay i wouldn't you know Go crazy here. One to three is the best. And then that's your most important activity for this next 90 days. And, and once you've identified that, then you, that's what you know you need to put into your plan.
0: I love that you're focusing on just one thing that, because if you put too many things on your to do list, it gets harder and harder and harder to get all those things done. So I love that you're focused on one thing one one thing and so tell us about this 90 day planner we love we live freebies we love freebies tell us about your planner
1: yeah so my 90 day planner is kind of broken up into three phases you can tell i love three (laughs) and the first phase is your north star vision and so that is really like ultimately what are you creating not only in this business yes you want a vision for your business but your life too so we go a little bit into that because ultimately this is in my opinion my business is here to serve. So it's here to serve my my clients and it's here to serve me and my family. And so I want to start with the end in mind. That's this is where I'm headed. So every 90 days I reflect back on this 25 year plus vision and I know that this is where I'm headed. Then I break it then you break it down further. So then what can I do this year? What's the most important thing? The number one thing I can do this year to make massive progress towards this 90-day vision, or I mean, 25-year vision. And then you move to phase two, which is the 90-day outcome. So this is getting very clear on what specifically can is an outcome that you can do in the next 90 days. And there's a specific like phrasing template that I give to make sure that you're phrasing it in a way that's that's going to you're going to get the most out of it. And that's getting very clear. So, you know, let's just say you're like wanting to um, do webinars with um, other people. You want to do partnerships. And so you want to do a certain amount of partnerships in the next 90 days. Maybe that's your 90 day outcome. Okay, great. So you have that now you need to move into like we said, you have the outcome, but now you need to know what are the behaviors. What are, you know, you can think of them as like KPIs. What are the indicators that are telling you that you're on track to actually hitting this 90 day goal? And there's, again, like a step by step process that I give uh, specific phrasing for identifying what are the activities that I can do. So let's say if it's webinars that you are want to run with partners, then maybe it's outreach. Maybe you need to reach out to a certain number of people every single week. And that's something that's within your control and it has a high likelihood of getting you the outcome you want. And so that's that perfect sweet spot that is once you have that, then you're connecting big picture vision down to like rubber hits the road. What do I do tomorrow? Having
0: the clear vision is so important because if you don't have a clear vision of what, what it is you want, you'll just get anything. I mean, you've got to be laser focused on whatever that is. And if it's not 25 years in the future, give yourself grace. It can be something you want five years in. Year. You don't have to have the long, long run, the long, long game. You could have the the short game. You can look at it, what I want in six months and work backwards from there. A shell is correct. It's the, the key performance indicators, the KPIs that is how you know you're doing the right thing and you can you can tell that you're making progress towards your your goal or your or your fantasy or your dream or your vision you can you can tell that you're making progress towards that by those key performance indicators so thank you for bringing that one up um all right we need to wrap up how, i can't believe we've been chatting this long so i would love for you to share your moment of gratitude what are you grateful for
1: oh man there's so much i am grateful for um, I pretty much every time uh, I do my gratitude practice, it always comes up as my family. I just absolutely love my wife and my two kids, and they just bring so much joy to me. I love playing with them. And that's um, really what fuels me to do this work and to help others be with their families, too. And um, spend spend some time with those that are closest to them.
0: Thanks for joining us for episode 104 of Gratitude Geek, the relationship marketing podcast from Micropreneurs. Look for today's show notes at gratitudegeek.com, episode 104. Our theme music is by Rev Brock and Solely. I've been your host, Candice Rudardi, inviting you to join me on my mission to spread gratitude, sow seeds of appreciation, and harvest a bounty of generosity and kindness.